Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, and welcome to episode 506 of the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad that you're joining us today. I'm back from my vacation, and I'm just telling you, I have so many thoughts and so many words. And also, right now, three of my kids are at Pine Cove. We love Pine Cove so much, and so they are spending the week there, being just poured into by amazing Christian counselors. We love that place so much. You guys, I hope you enjoyed the series that we just finished uh, called Love the Lord. That's what we named our series because that's what we want to do. Uh, we took this series from the book of Luke when Jesus um, instructs us to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and then love your neighbor as yourself. And I love this series so very much because it's what we want to do. We want to love God with all that we have. Um, if you go to jamieivy.com slash love God, there's actually t-shirts to go along with that whole series. So go check those out as well. And today we're starting a new series. We did this series last summer, and so it's kind of a repeat, and it's going to be four episodes uh, long, and it's all about stories, because if you know anything, you know that I started the show, The Happy Hour, because I believe that stories matter. In fact, I believe stories change the world. I know I sound like a broken record because I say it all the time, but they really do, and they have the ability to change lives. Like, our particular stories have the ability to change lives, not because we're awesome, but because if you're a follower of Jesus, your story of following Jesus um, it changes lives. And one of the best stories that ever lived was that of Jesus, the man that we follow. He not only changed the lives of those around him when he was on earth, but the coolest thing is that he continues to change the lives of people every day because of his love, because of his sacrifice. My life was drastically changed when I was 21 through an encounter, and I've never been the same. And so this series is actually called Encounter, and we have four episodes of stories all about encounters with Jesus. So over these next few weeks, we're going to hear about lives that have been changed through the gospel of Jesus. Today on the show is Joshua Broom, and Joshua's a pastor, he's a leader, and he's spent some time in the adult film industry. Joshua has an amazing story that brought me to tears more than once. I know it's going to do that for you as well. But his story is one that we can all relate to. I told him when we were chatting in the conversation, I said, listen, our stories are different in so many ways, um, but yet there's so much similarity in them as well. And I think that is what it is about humanity is that we can come from different backgrounds. We can have different experiences, but we all have that same longing inside of us to be known and accepted and loved. And, and Joshua talks about the things that he filled that void with, and he never was satisfied until he met Jesus. This story is amazing. You do not want to skip out on this episode of my conversation with Joshua. The thing that's cool about these stories that you're going to hear is that, especially even in Joshua's today, is that after Joshua started following Jesus, he got plugged into a church. And I believe that the local church is crucial in the life of a follower of Jesus, which is why I love partnering with ICM. I've talked to you about them already this summer, and if you were around last summer, you know that we built a church for the Karuma Church in Uganda. Yep, I'm going to repeat that again because you might have thought I said we built a church. Yes, together, you listeners built a church in Uganda. I was so proud of us because together we raised $15,000 to build a local community, a church, and we're doing it again this summer. 
Friends, if you love your local church, imagine not having a building. Imagine not having a place to gather. You don't even have like a gym. Like my church gathers in a high school gym. You don't even have that. You have nothing. Of course, you could still meet and hang out. And of course, you would still be in community. But wouldn't it be a huge help to have a building? And that's what we're doing again. We're coming alongside an already established local church and helping them build a building and get resources in their native language. You guys, this stuff excites me. This stuff is what the church is meant to do, to come alongside other local bodies and help them. So we're doing it again. Go to jamieivy.com slash build a church. You guys, if 3,000 of you that are listening right now, and there's a lot more of you that listen to my voice every week, if 3,000 of you gave $5, just $5, we would have this built. And some of you, you gave last year, and I want to say thank you, and maybe you just make this a yearly summer thing. We would love any amount that you see that you could give towards this church. Go to jamieivy.com slash church. All the information's there. We did it last year. We're doing it again. I cannot wait to see what happens. All right, you guys, here's my conversation with Joshua Broom all about how Jesus changed his life. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike, and it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, 
Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music. Just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. We dwell on a lot in our lives. We dwell on some problems. We dwell on the past. We often wake up first thing in the morning and our minds are already dwelling on it, whatever it could be of our crazy schedules, worrying about our health, tough periods of parenting, sadness over loss. The list goes on and on and on. And sometimes it seems impossible to do anything but dwell on it. That is why Dwell was created, because we can dwell differently. Dwell is a Bible memorization tool. You can easily memorize one Bible verse for every month. One of my favorite ones that we have memorized so far is Romans 12, 12, which says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And in fact, I keep the tag that they send me on my key ring and so I can look through them. And just today I pulled that up and said that verse out loud. Dwell offers memberships that starting at $9.95 per month. Some of the memorization tools that you get include temporary tattoos, vinyl stickers, art prints. You guys, this is a great, great, great thing for families to have, for teenagers to have, to help with little kids. Go to dwelldifferently.com. Use code Jamie15 for 15% discount on a prepaid membership. That's dwelldifferently.com. Joshua, welcome to the happy hour. I'm so glad to be here. You know, this is super exciting to have you join us for this series that we do. Uh, I say every summer, we've, we just started last summer. So this is our second summer of doing a series about encounter. And I love, love, love hearing people's stories. That's why I started the happy hour forever ago. And I right. love hearing people's stories of encountering Jesus. And so Joshua, I don't even know how I found you. I literally think it was like <laughs> one of those like random scrolling through Instagram moments. I don't know if you have those moments and then Instagram's telling us about people we should know about, and you popped up on my page. And I was like, I can't stop finding out more about this guy. And so that's you know, how I found you. I, I'm kind of in a season of that where it's like, I'll say yes to a conversation that kind of made sense and it opens up a door to something else. And um, yeah, I think that's kind of the, the, the beauty that came out of the ashes that is COVID because people kind of leaned into digital media a little more in, uh, in, in more of an interpersonal way. And I made these connections with people in a deeper way instead of, you know, because sometimes you'll connect with someone, you'll do a podcast or, yeah. or, or whatever, and then nothing will really come of it. But this beautiful digital community has has come to fruition because of a lot of, you know, a, a lot of travesty. But yeah. I just love what God is doing. He's just really leveraging social media to make himself known. Um, there's people who are consuming Christian content that um, that weren't before and they're hearing about stories like ours uh -huh. because all of a sudden they're they're leaning in a little bit so yeah I, it's just kind of how it works you know i love it so much well before we jump into your your backstory and how you started becoming a follower of jesus tell everyone what you do right now what you do with your life now yeah so i i i'm kind of a, a jack of all trades so i am a pastor so i'm on the teaching team at a church locally here in cedar rapids iowa but in addition to that i travel and preach and teach at different churches i speak at conferences i do podcasts um i also am the coo of a um, digital strategy organization called blessed media where we partner with ministries and platform them and, and broaden their reach. But um, 
kind of do a lot of stuff, but, but what I love to do most is preach the gospel and have conversations like this. So, you know, for, you know, I, I, I don't know when this will drop, but you know, for context like this, this past weekend, um, I, I was in Dallas preaching and then this weekend I'm in Houston and the next weekend I'm in Colorado and the next weekend <laughs> I'm in, I'm back here and then I'm in New York, but that's just kind of what my life looks like. And, Praise God for my wife, because we have three very young children and we live in proximity to her parents. So that is absolutely crucial. So they can help out. Grandma and grandpa are, cl are clutch. I love it. How old are your kids? <laughs> so Cannon will be four in July and then Lincoln turned two in April and little baby Judah is eight months old. Oh my goodness, you have your hands full and that is yeah. so much fun. Well, everyone knows from the beginning of the show when I introduce you that um, your life has taken a drastic turn um, yeah. from where you were to where you are now. And I know that Jesus has a lot to do with that. And so yeah. would you go back and give us a little bit of backstory of what your life looked like prior to meeting Jesus? I'd love to know, like, did you grow up in the church? Did you know about faith? What did that look like for you? And then how did um, that part of your your journey lead you towards Jesus? Yeah, I love that you asked that question because growing up, I did go to church. So I grew up in South Carolina. So my my I grew up in my grandmother's home with my mom. So my mom had me when she was 16. And my grandmother, her, her faith was the one that kind of carried the family. So we went to church on Wednesday, Sunday, Sunday night. Um, and, and I found myself knowing a lot about the Bible um, knowing a lot about God, I believe that God existed. I believe he created everything. And if you'd have asked me up until, you know, the age of 29 or 30, uh, are you a Christian? I would have said yes, mm. but I definitely was not because Jesus is the access point and that I didn't understand that. Yeah. So, um, so I grew up, you know, going to church, but for me, I have a very high, um, achiever personality and I grew up without a father. And what's kind of unique about my story is my father was in the same super small town that I lived in. So I saw this person literally in the same grocery store that was my father, but he was never my dad. And that caused me as, mm -hmm. as a young man growing up a little bit of confusion, but also I felt the need to have to validate myself in some capacity or earn my worth. Yeah. So I found myself, I had to be, you know, the, the best on the, on the team. You know, I had to get the best grades. I had to win all the scholastic awards, the sports awards. I had to get the girl that no one else could. And that achiever mentality, it lasted with me. My, you know, it, it stuck with me my entire life for the most part. So mm -hmm. I, I started modeling when I was 14 or 15 and um, that, that was kind of the thing that was a good thing, but it ended up being a bad thing because I, I really just tied my worth into that. Mm. Yeah. It looks like you were doing what a lot of us do is we're trying to fill that hole yeah. with things that will make us feel happy for you. You're looking for this father figure, then you're looking for achievement, then you're looking for validation and worth. And you yeah. started finding that. And I think that's what a lot of people go through on their journey to Jesus is like, what's going to make me feel like full what's going to make yeah. me feel complete both of us know on the flip side of this that like jesus is that ultimate fulfiller like yeah following I mean, that's, him that's that's so many people at the end of the day it's like we're searching for instantaneous um instantaneous gratification mm -hmm. and only jesus can bring it eternal satisfaction yeah yeah and yeah 
And so tell me about the next couple of years after high school and college. Um, what led you into the adult film industry? Yeah, so like I said, I started, I started acting and modeling, had some decent success early on in my life, started around 14 or 15. That continued through high school, went to college, I majored in theater, and I was having some success, but I believed it. Um, you know, as a, as a 6'2", like, you know, brown hair, brown eyed guy, it's like, there's a lot of me and some of the guys that are getting the jobs that I'm not getting, they live in closer proximity to, you know, the jobs that I'm trying to get. So I thought, okay, if I just put myself logistically where I need to be, my career will just skyrocket. And for the most part, it did. Like, I, I mean, I, I didn't become instantly famous or anything like that, but I moved out there and you know, it's, it's not easy to land an agent, but I, I got an agent in modeling um, for runway and for commercial. And then I also got an agent for acting and I was doing okay. I was doing, a, I was doing a few projects here and there. I had more success modeling than I had acting, but as I was out there, like searching for what is next, like most people, um, you know, even though I was out there modeling and acting, it's like, you also have to do something that is sustainable. That's going to pay the bills unless you're having a ton of success, yeah. which most people are not. So I found myself working in a restaurant and in that restaurant, it, it's, a, it's super trendy. It's in the middle of uh, West Hollywood, mechanical bull in the middle of the restaurant. Just this, this crazy place. I can see place. it now. Yes. <laughs> it's been, it's been in a lot of movies. It's called Saddle Ranch, but um, it's in the, like on Sunset Boulevard in the absolute, the middle of West Hollywood. And I walk over to this table and I think that, you know, I'm, I'm going to put the, the Southern charm on these ladies and get a big tip. And they right away, they're like, Hey, have you ever considered acting? And I was like, Oh, this is it. This <laughs> yeah. is my big moment because they're maybe they're working on a project and they're going to introduce me to someone or, you know, maybe like someone at the table, like they, they're like, maybe they have an agency or something. I don't know. And they're like, and I, and I am like, yeah, like I'm actually in acting and this is who represents me like blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, no, no. We're talking about porn. We dwell on a lot in our lives. We dwell on some problems. We dwell on the past. We often wake up first thing in the morning and our minds are already dwelling on it. Whatever it could be of our crazy schedules, worrying about our health, tough periods of parenting, sadness over loss, the list goes on and on and on. And sometimes it seems impossible to do anything but dwell on it. That is why Dwell was created, because we can dwell differently. Dwell is a Bible memorization tool. You can easily memorize one Bible verse for every month. One of my favorite ones that we have memorized so far is Romans 12, 12, which says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And in fact, I keep the tag that they send me on my key ring and so I can look through them. And just today I pulled that up and said that verse out loud. Dwell offers memberships that starting at $9.95 per month. Some of the memorization tools that you get include temporary tattoos, vinyl stickers, art prints. You guys, this is a great, great, great thing for families to have, for teenagers to have, to help with little kids. Go to dwelldifferently.com. Use code Jamie15 for 15% discount on a prepaid membership. That's dwelldifferently.com. We're talking about porn. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. I. I, because for me, I had seen it, but like, it, if this makes sense, like I didn't believe it was real. Mm. Like, for example, when um, when we took our kids for the first time to Disney World, 
um, my kid, my four-year-old, he saw Mickey and he was waving and he was a person because they only watch the cartoons. Yeah. But all of a sudden they seen this thing that they've only seen on a screen in real mm. life and they couldn't wrap their head around it being real. So they were terrified. Yeah. And like that kind of what happened to me, it's like, this is, this is a, a living, breathing person that wow. is sitting here and, and they're inviting me into their space. Um, so I was confused, intrigued. Um, you know, I, I, I definitely was interested in knowing more, but mm. never could have saw myself like doing that. Yeah. Like, no way. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. I, because, because, I mean, I think that, you know, th this was, you know, a long time ago. You know, this yeah. is a long time ago. And um, like when I when I made that decision to say yes to to stepping in the industry, um, you know, almost 15, 16 years ago. And it's like even with me saying, like, yeah, like I had a childhood that wasn't ideal, but my mom was amazing. And yeah. um, what's unique about my story is like I, I didn't experience any trauma growing up like yeah like there was a there was a need for something I didn't have but um I think I would be doing I would be doing like the gospel a dis a, a dishonor if I didn't take the the responsibility because mm. it was upon like my own volition for yeah. no reason like there, yeah. there's there's no reason that I could say well I I did this because I needed money mm -hmm. I did this because I was abused no, I was, I was arrogant and prideful. And at the end of the day, when I, when I offered, when I got offered an opportunity to do it, I said, yes, because I didn't believe in myself. Mm. I didn't know who I was and I wanted that validation, but yeah. there was this identity crisis that I was going through. And I heard this agent that I, that I said yes to meet with. And he said, you can be famous. You can make all this money. You know, you can be the guy because mm -hmm. In the porn industry, it was it was shifting to making big big movies with big mm -hmm. scripts and and all this stuff. And um, you know, I had acting experience, so it was like, man, that that would just allow yeah. you to have so much success. And I heard a counterfeit version yeah. of my actual dream. Mm -hmm. But but since I believed, well, um, I maybe this is as good as it's going to get for me yeah. because I'm not good. Yeah, yeah. So so that's what led to me saying yes to that, and that yes. Um, turn into one I did one film and that immediately just absolutely destroyed everything that I worked for because mm. as soon as that came out you know that obviously violates any contract for representation so fired 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 um, within a week I live in a small town so through the grapevine my mom's calling me like is this true uh -huh. and I have this humiliating conversation with my mom telling her yeah. that I'm doing adult films mm. and my mom never, 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 never said, you know, I, I, I disown you. I hate you. I love you is what she said. Mm -hmm. I love you. And I want you to know that you are worth so much more than that. And you are capable of so much more than that. And I think any, like a, a consistent thing for anyone that stays in the industry for as long as I did, because I stayed in the industry for six years, it's, you push anyone that's in your life away because you can't wake up every day and be a prostitute mm. and look someone in the eye that you, you admire or respect mm. because that's accountability. That's what yeah. we all desperately need. But 
I, I push that away. I push yeah. away each and every, like all of my friends, all of my family, my brother, like push it all away because mm. I, I told myself I'm ashamed. So I feel dirty. So, you know, I, I don't want to any, I don't want to like impute my dirtiness on you. Mm-hmm. But the reality is I didn't want to be held accountable and I felt guilty. And I didn't see another way out. So I thought like, to be honest, like it was selfish in that I pushed everyone away yeah. because I didn't want to deal with the repercussions yeah. of how I was living my life. Yeah. You know, I find it so interesting, Joshua, when you're telling your story is that I don't have the same story as you. And a lot of people are listening. Don't come to the table with the same story, but we still have these same feelings. We still experience these same feelings of, I don't know. I'm too much for these people, or I don't yeah. know if anyone would love me now, or I've done too yeah. much or, or I never expected to be here where I am in my life. And so I, I've, believe in stories so much because even though your story about being in the porn industry is not my story, I still find so much of myself in what you're saying. And so six years in the industry, you find the success you're looking for. You have, even though you've kind of pushed your family away, you had to have felt something like, okay, I'm I'm doing something. Tell me about the tension between what you knew to be right and what you were living. And then I also want you to follow up and tell me, what what changed like what was that moment that you had that encounter with the lord yeah jamie thank you so much for asking me that because i don't think i mean i've probably done 200 interviews over the last five or seven five to seven years i don't think anyone's ever asked me that Mm. um it's really interesting because if you believe a lie to be true all of a sudden that becomes your own like plausible reality right and for me i believed because of what i did I was defined by, by my behavior and the people, the people around me, the voices I heard in my life was, you know, this is, this is your life now, because the reality is, um, what, what am I going to put on a resume? Mm. Um, and so it's like the tension of what am I going to put on a resume and that's going to be on the internet forever. Mm. So I told myself that, and then many people around me told myself, you know, you, you'll never be a husband you'll never be a father. Um, and, 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 and even deeper, like you'll never contribute in any capacity. There's no, there's no, like, you don't have any gifts or talents or like, what are you going to do? You're a prostitute. You you, like my life revolved around my belief and that my only worth, it was to sell myself for sex. Mm. And, and I, I literally did not see a future outside of me being in the industry until I was too old and then purchasing uh, a company and then producing mm. like that. That was, that was the only, like I was going to direct or produce that like I was going to be in the porn industry forever because mm. what else could I do? Yeah. So I believe that so matter of fact, and it, it's so funny how, and look you, at God, look at God yeah, right now using Joshua to change the world. And you thought you were going to be making porn movies for the rest of your life. Oh uh, yeah. I'm I mean, like I giddy over here with Jesus yeah. changing your life. Yeah. It and it so it, it's so neat to to look back in retrospect because, like, I I tell the I tell some of the details of my story because I want people to know that you know you can find yourself playing this comparison game where man if my life looked like that mm. I would be happy um, if you know even in ministry it's like man once I get a job as a pastor you know things are going to work out or maybe like if if you are struggling with 
you know, uh, your, your, your purity walk as a Christian is like, well, as soon as I get married, mm. that'll fix that. That'll fix that void that I have. And at the end of the day, we all believe the lie that there's going to be something to satisfy me outside of the person of Jesus. So I believed that if I want, so I, I got nominated for best male performer three times and I won it once. And I, and I was like, I'm, I'm a, a, a number. I, so. I almost said, congratulations, Joshua. That yeah. felt so yeah. weird all of a sudden, but I was like, <laughs> so, I don't someone know. Someone said that go? to me. Someone said that to me a few days ago. And I was like, I mean, at, to be honest, like at the time I was stoked, you know, at the time I was stoked about it, but, um, so like I, I got nominated for that three times. I won it. And then like numerically, it's like, okay, I'm tracking like how much money I'm making. It's like, once I eclipse the $1 million mm. mark, like, you know, it, it's almost like, I mean, for me, like even today, like sticky notes, scratching through a line gives me too much joy, mm -hmm. probably. But yeah. it's like, you know, once I, once I met all these metrics, once I achieved all these goals, I would be happy. Mm. It's like, if I made the money, I would be happy. Once I, you know, took a private tour of the Louvre, which I did, I'll be happy. Like once I did all these things on my bucket list, I would be happy. And the pinnacle of that was winning performer of the year, because that meant I was the best. And if I was the best, that would validate me. And I won it and I absolutely crumbled because it mm. didn't work. I had everything that I said, if I had this, I would be happy. And I checked all the box, all the boxes and it didn't work. Mm. And that immediately went from momentary excitement to absolute desperation to the point where I wanted to die. And I'm calling out to this God that I knew about, but didn't truly know. And it's like, God, my life is over. I don't want to live this way anymore, but what else can I do? I might as well just die because what else am I going to do? And then soon after that, I walk into a bank and a cashier. A ca well, so I normally I would put uh, my the check like in the ATM or Dropbox because on the memo and my checks, it was something that I didn't want anyone to see and I wasn't proud of but this day there was no there's no way around it so I go to the cashier you know make make the transaction and as I pivot to leave she looks at me and she's Joshua are you okay Joshua can I help you and what she didn't know is that I pushed so many people out of my life for so long that that was the first time I heard my name in almost a year Wow. And this was a stranger, just a bank teller, just a, just a bank teller, because, because, you know, in, in the industry, you go by a pseudonym. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I had pushed everyone that truly knew me. So, yeah. you know, and, and I allowed like, you know, the, the, the barber that I went to the gym that I went to, you know, and then everyone I worked for, um, like they all called me by this stage name mm. and like, so Joshua didn't exist, but when she said my name, it like snapped me out of it, you know, and, and how beautiful it is that Joshua means God saves, you know, yeah. but um, like, I hear that and just like, it snapped me out of the numbness. And what I felt was the, the ownership of the pain that I was causing my mom because I wasn't answering the text, you know, mm. and I, I went home and I wept and I picked up the phone and I, I quit, I quit, I quit, released a press release, gone um, with, within a week back in North Carolina with my mom and, um, Joshua, oh my gosh, I, yeah. I just am like, I'm sitting here in tears, just thinking that a stranger yeah, really pivoted your entire life. Yeah. And, I mean, how, and that's like, not like, 
that that's not like oh this is freaky weird like yeah. what are the coincidences this is like god calling your name through yeah. a random bank teller i'm i'm in awe i'm in yeah, awe I, I i love like to connect to like colossians like four um five and six where it's talking about like we are to walk in wisdom towards those who are without and then verse six mm. talks about how we our speech needs to be gracious and seasoned with salt so we might know how to how we ought to answer each person so it may be like maybe someone that's listening uh, your encouragement to someone, it could change the trajectory of their life. Knowing someone's name that you mm -hmm. see on a consistent basis when they feel unseen and unheard and overlooked, it could change the trajectory of our life. And her speaking my name snapped me out of it, ran back home. But um, I, I wish that my story would change immediately after that. But there were two years where I ran and mm -hmm. hid. Like yeah. I was ashamed and I lit like very like Genesis two to Genesis three, where I was like, I was, I was, you know, I was no shame, shame. Mm. And all of a sudden I'm hiding yeah. and I covered up my tattoos. I deleted my social media. I got a job working at a gym because there's literally nothing else I could figure out to do. And just on, on a one-off randomly, I got a certification to like personal train. So I find myself working at this CrossFit gym and just my mentality is, um, you know, whatever I'm doing, whether I'm eating chicken wings or whatever it is, I'm going to win. I'm going to be the best. <laughs> I will not be stopped. And, um, for good or for bad. Yeah. And so I just, I worked my tail off at that gym and worked my way up to management and ended up another opportunity opened up at another gym. And I took that, but all the while I'm, I'm wrestling with this shame and guilt and I'm having night terrors at night because all of a sudden I'm not making, you know, 200, $300,000 a year anymore. You know, I'm, I'm working my tail off for like 35, 40. Yeah. And, um, just like it, it, it was just weighing on me each and every mm. day and just looking over my shoulder because I lied to everyone I met. I lied to everyone about everything. I wanted no, yeah, you know, I didn't want to take any, you know, accountability for what I did. I didn't want anyone to find out. I just wanted to sweep it under, under the rug and pretend like it never happened. Mm. But that kept blowing up in my face time after time after time. I would try to, you know, I would try to like date a girl or, or, or go on a few dates. It, they would find out, you know, well, why didn't you tell me that? You yeah. know, and, and then even like the, the jobs I was working, it's like, you know, it, it's a big deal, you know? So, um, but a lot of people showed me, showed me some grace mm. and, um, in the, in that industry, in the gym industry, I, I started climbing and was doing pretty well. Like I, I was in management. I had a good personal training business that was going, but inside I was still just hurting so bad because mm. all I could think about was the next person. Like when it, like every day, it's like, you know, every time someone would look at me, you know, I, I would think, oh, they, they know, they know, yeah. they know. Mm -hmm. I just got you so were continually of. running. It was just one oh. big journey of running from yourself, running from your past. Um, now that you had, you know, you'd left that industry, you're back in your hometown, you're, you're really successful again, um, in, yeah. in the work that you're doing. When did your, when did Jesus come into the picture? Yeah. So I asked this girl out on a date, um, at the gym and she said, no, <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> um, and then I, and then she was like, well, we can meet for a run. And we met at this park to go for a run. And as I'm, as I'm sitting there waiting for her to get there, I just feel this like almost like lump in my throat where it's like, don't you dare lie to her. Huh. Um, just tell her, just tell her the truth. And I was like, I'm just so tired of hurting people. Yeah. I'm so tired of like waiting to get found out. So I'm like, man, 
I'm just going to be forthcoming. I'm going to tell her. Um, she's probably going to want nothing to do with me, but I'm going to tell her. And that the run very quickly turns to a walk. And I was like, hey, I want to tell you something. Um, I, I've, I've done some porn. And she's like, what? I was like, Joshua, man up. <laughs> tell her and i was and then i like felt like i blacked out i was like i'm gonna tell you every bad thing i've ever done in my uh -huh. life and then she's looking at me like wide-eyed like i cannot believe you just told me that and then she she's quiet for a few moments which seemed like forever mm -hmm. i was like she's gonna slap me is she gonna run i mean am i gonna get fired is she gonna yeah. say hi harassed her or something i'm like thinking like all these things in my head and she very quietly says I just want you to know that the worst thing you've ever done doesn't define who you are. Mm. And the greatest thing you'll ever accomplish in your life, that doesn't define who you are either. God, he defines who you are. Do you know who God is? Mm. And I went to my first date self. You know, your first date self is, uh -huh. you know, I'm going to be the person that you want me to be so that you will like me. And that was my, that was my instinct. My instinct was, cause I didn't know who I was. I had no yeah. clue. So all I knew is to be a people pleaser because like, I didn't see me, mm. my authentic self being of any value. So I was like, I just got to be whatever she wants me to be. I was like, yeah, yeah, I believe that God is real. Yeah. You know? And then she's like, okay, well, what's your relationship with Jesus? Like, like what, what does your prayer life look like? You know, are, are you in community anywhere? Like, what does that look like for you? And I was like, I'll be honest, like you're, you know, like in the, in the moment, I just wanted to lie again. I, uh -huh. I just wanted to, yeah, you know, blah, 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 blah. But it lit again, like nothing would come out. And I was just like, I didn't know what to say. So I was just like, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, even though, even though in that moment, it really didn't make sense. But I was like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. She's like, well, okay, well, you know, I, I gave my life to Jesus when I was in high school and this is what my life has looked like. It hadn't been perfect by any means. You know, I, 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 I did some stuff in college that I'm not exactly proud of, but you know, I'm, I'm plugged into this community here. And, um, I was like, okay. Um, okay. And, and then she, all of a sudden she's like, just pivots to tacos. Like all of a sudden she's like, you know, what, what do you like to eat? What do you like to do? What's your family yeah. like? And I couldn't believe that she didn't reject me and it, and it created this curiosity, mm -hmm. but also it, I was, I was almost enamored by her response in spite of, you know, something really difficult mm -hmm. that I shared with, you know, and, and for me, you know, we, we text and go, you know, like two like, you know, high schoolers were, were texting all week. And then she's like, Hey, do you want to go to church this weekend? Um, there's, there's, there's this church. Um, I normally go to church here, but there's this church that a lot of people from the gym go to if you want to go check it out. And I go there and I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty not skeptical, but I'm just like, I'm kind of curious about, about yeah. this. And I walk in and there's this huge wooden plaque that says, um, we want to love people where they are and encourage them to grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. And I was like, you want to love me where I'm at? I don't think so. You don't know <laughs> right, me. Right. You don't know my story. Um, and so many people think that it's like, no, like, you don't know, you yeah. don't know how bad I am. And I, I walk in and I'm used to, you know, the, the, the preacher that I was used to, 
you know, three piece tie. If there's a knuckle in your, if there's a wrinkle in your shirt, you're going to hell. You know? yeah. uh-huh. And uh, there's this guy dressed relatively casual. And he reminds me of my grandfather. And at this point we're, we're in Raleigh, North Carolina. So he, you know, he's got a Southern accent and just um, it, I don't know. It just feels, feels casual, feels yeah. conversational. And he's talking about how he, he has his personal relationship with Jesus. And I was like, who is this guy? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he starts unpacking a story in, um, I think it's first or second Samuel, but it's talking about Mephibosheth and the relationship between Jonathan and David and how when Jonathan died, um, the only remaining family member in his lineage it was Mephibosheth. And David wanted to find him. But historically, when a new king um, came in place, they would kill any remaining family member from the previous kingdom because they didn't want them to have access to mm-hmm. or think they had access to the kingdom. Yeah. But David was a different king and he had that relationship with Jonathan. So he, they go and he sends a guard out to find Mephibosheth and he finds Mephibosheth essentially bet, you know, begging and broken and expecting to be killed, expecting death. And he, he, he didn't get killed. He, he, the guard actually offered him grace mm-hmm. and he, you know, brought him to David and David gave him a seat at his table and restored his land. And, and it, it's just a beautiful picture of, of where Jesus sees us Yeah. where Romans three twenty three tells us that, you know, we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And yet the wages of sin are death, you know, Romans yeah. 6, 23. And, um, and, and in spite of all that, like Jesus willingly died for us in our place because he loves us mm. and just sharing that. And for, for, for me, all of a sudden, like everything that I had heard many times before, it made its way from my head to my heart. Wow. And I, I saw the, the grace in his action. And I saw myself in that, in that illustration and I gave my life to Christ in that moment. And, you know, like ugly cry you know, uh-huh. like on my face because I relinquished a lifetime of shame and guilt. So not just from porn, but believing yeah. that like I am not good enough to be in a relationship with God. So while I believe he exists and, and, and yes, I check that box because I don't want to go to hell. Yeah. You know? So I believe yep. that he's real, but, but never saw myself as someone that Jesus loved so much that he willingly went to the cross for me and endured the cross when he didn't have to mm-hmm. only to allow me to put my faith in him and, and be restored into a right relationship with God. It's like, you love me that much. I like, yeah. I'm like, it just, it changed everything for me because, because the way that it was explained then all of a sudden it just like exploded in my head and my heart. And, and I, the beautiful thing about that story, in addition to that, so that girl that I had that conversation with, we've been married for six years. And, I was like, I was sitting here yeah. waiting, like, if he tells me that that is his yeah. wife, I'm just going to yeah. die. Okay. Yeah, and, and, and her name is Hope. <laughs> oh, uh, that yeah. girl is the girl that you married. Yeah. What yeah. a story, Joshua. Yeah. You know, I, I, I hear your story and I cry every time someone tells me about following Jesus because it's just so beautiful and in every single story 
no doubt in every story people look back and they can find people who yeah. God used along their lives and I, and I think about you with with your mom and you mentioned your grandmother and yeah. and then you mentioned this bank teller that is just a stranger and yeah. then this woman who you went on a date with who was willing to say to you like the things that we all need to hear that we're not defined by our worst things or our best things that we're only defined by God yeah. and it is such an encouragement for me when I do these these um, episodes because obviously man we pray about these shows that come out in the summer and we want yeah. people to know jesus from them we really do like and if anyone needs a bible we tell them to email us like we want yeah. people to know jesus i also want in this almost it makes me cry when i think this i also want everyone listening to know that everything they do for the gospel it matters yeah like everything matters like the fact yeah. that the bank teller mattered and your yeah. now wife like even for her willingness to just be like yeah. i just want to say to you what is true i don't know if we're gonna date or yeah. i don't know anything but here's what's true i just want people to know that like our willingness to tell people what god thinks about them it can yeah. change someone's life yeah i mean it's like john 14 15 you know it's like if if you love me you'll obey my you'll obey my commandments but it when you understand who god is you'll understand his tone so his tone is not if you love me, yeah, you'll obey my commandments. Uh -huh. It's if you love me, you'll trust that what I'm saying is best for you yeah. because I care deeply for you. Mm -hmm. You know, it makes me think of one of my um, favorite parts in Romans is when Paul is talking and he's talking about how um, he wants to do right, but his flesh yeah. wants to do wrong he's like i want to do what i know is right but i do what i was wrong and and it makes me think of even the journey that you said you were on and a lot of that is my same journey as well as like once i started following jesus there were there were still these moments of like my flesh is still i mean today i've been following for 20 something years i still have to fight my flesh we all do yeah. until we see him yeah. But the point of that is, is that then in Romans 8, Paul follows it up with, there's no condemnation yeah. for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yeah. And um, I just, as we close here, I would love to hear about the last however many years you've been following Jesus. Like, how has that journey defined you now versus where you were looking for that definition in all those years before? Yeah, so it's been, you know, going on eight years. And um, it's, it's, just, it's just amazing because, so I give my life to Christ. And then again, if I'm in, I'm in. So <laughs> you're going to be week, the best Christian that's ever lived now. <laughs> I'm maybe the most aggressive one. I don't know yeah. if I'm the best. But, okay. But um, so it's like, I, I go to this church. It was, it was a large church, multi-site multi, multi -site church. And I'm, I'm at the main campus. And I'm like, hey, can I talk to a pastor? And I'm like, sure. And um, I walk into his office and I'm like, I feel like God wants me to build a boat. He's like, What? <laughs> He's like, I can already tell you're wild. Like, Let, let's hear it. And I was like, I feel like God wants me to do something bigger than I can comprehend, but I need to know how to do it really well. And the, the, for me to be able to do that, I need to really understand the Bible. And he's like, okay, um, right down the hall, <laughs> right down the hall, there's this guy, Andrew. He, uh, he a few years ago, he, he just graduated from DTS, Dallas Theological Seminary. His family are here. And they're helping they're helping start another campus um and he's got a, he, he's got some free time because we're, we're a few months out and i was like okay great and we sit down and we have a conversation and he tells me you know a, a few things about understanding context and things like that and that one conversation 
lasted it was supposed to be about 30 minutes it lasted for three hours and it was supposed to be one time and it lasted for four and a half years and he mentored me for 15 to 20 hours a week and you know that led to me you know going back to school and getting degree getting a degree in christian ministries and now i'm pursuing a my master's in theology i've been preaching the bible for five years and like for me the first time i ever preached I didn't even intend to preach because I, I shared my show. I stared, I shared my story on a radio show and the gentleman asked like, well, I have this fundraiser coming up. Would you, would you mind sharing your testimony? Then I was like, sure. And I didn't really understand that. Like, I was like, Oh, it'll just be like this little casual thing. It's like, no, it's like, it was the, it was, you know, the yearly event uh -huh. to raise the funds to do the show. So it was a huge deal. It was a lot of people. And I was like, okay, because for me, you know, performance, you know, mm -hmm. theater, I, like if you give me something to memorize, I can regurgitate it. And I wanted, I wanted to make people laugh. I wanted to make people cry. I wanted to yeah. put on a performance and I, I write up my, I write out my little deal and I had like 17 minutes to talk and, you know, knowing what I know now, that wasn't very much time, but, but back then I was like, man, that's a lot of time. And, um, I go, I go out there and I felt so much pressure and I was like, I got to perform. I got to perform. I got to perform. And then literally I step up to the mic and I feel this weight come off me. And like in, in my spirit, I feel God say, I love you. Wow. And, and for me, it was like, you, you don't have anything to prove because what Jesus did on the cross for you was the thing that you could never do. So just don't, you don't have to search for a pu approval. You don't have to search for approval. You can operate out of, I'm already yours. Yeah. So I, I start reading it and I ditch it after about three minutes. And then at that point, like what I knew, I shared the gospel, you know, like the only thing that I knew, like, well, was Romans uh -huh. road. So, and, <laughs> And I, 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 I went through it, you know, off the top of my head, you know, like yeah. went through it the best I could. And it was powerful. But like, after, after I did that, it was like, man, there's nothing else I want to do. Mm. There's nothing else I ever want to do. And that's when, you know, at, the, at that point, my wife and I, the gym that we met, you know, that kind of cultivated a love for the gym and, and, and God was really using me in a powerful way, like in the gym, like we're the people of the gym. And then my wife and I, we, we started a gym and it went pretty well. Then we opened another gym and it went really well um, on, on the business end. And I was like, man, I, I, th I think that I just want to do ministry. Yeah. And we gave the gym away and I stepped on staff at a large church in Oklahoma and pastored there for a while and like really got sharpened, really like served under some, some leaders that I, I couldn't believe that I was serving under. And then you know, God prompted me to do what I'm doing now and just step out and, and, and do this, this thing that's like really hard to define because I thought we were going to come to Iowa and plant a church and, and God brought me to Iowa to almost be in a desert for a mm. while so that he could kind of chip some things away on my heart and in my spirit and, and finally surrender to going through counseling like that was really important for me yeah and just really healed a lot of wounds and, and just really come to a place where a, a different level of repentance mm. for me because like it was important for me to say hey this was upon my own volition and i sinned i sinned against you willingly like i i, I didn't there was no there was no one causing me to do this 
you know, just stop like playing this blame game, just like yeah. owning up to my actions. And I, I experienced radical healing from that. It almost like untangled and unlocked this gifting in me that I didn't even realize that existed. Yeah. And yeah, so like now I, I travel and preach the gospel. And that is amazing. Yeah. That is so amazing. Uh, your story of when you were speaking at that event reminded me when I first started speaking, I was so nervous and so anxious. And a friend pulled me aside and she said, I want you to remember when you get up there that you have nothing to lose and nothing to prove. And I was yeah. like, Oh, okay. Like I'm already yeah. loved. I'm already used. I'm already everything to God that he might ever have. Um, Joshua, this has been a, a joy and an honor to hear your story. And I just praise God for your life. I praise God uh, for your ministry, for your wife, Hope, and your three kids. And I just, I, I, I cannot wait to see where the Lord leads you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'd love to hear from you what you're reading these days. Yeah. So, uh, I I'm, I'm, I'm on audible all the time. So it's like yeah. I, reading I'm, or listening at all. It yeah. all the so, same. But it's like, I, 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 not that I get bored, but like, I, it just depends on like what I'm doing. It's like, uh -huh. Oh, this will be, this will be beneficial. So, um, the last supper on the moon by Lou Valesco is so good. So it's good. Massive. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> like 14 hours long, <laughs> but, but I'm like halfway through that. Um, uh, Jordan Rainer redeeming, uh, redeeming the time. Mm -hmm. So good. Um, for me, because uh, I, I'm highly relational, um, ENFP, if, if anyone understands that language, um, but for me, like organizational and, and, and cis-minded people really inspire me. So uh, it's important. So if you're someone out there that's, that's doing ministry and you're someone's like, man, uh, systems are just not my thing, um, I would encourage you to partner with someone who is driven by systems because if you can understand systems, you can do more of what you want to do and it creates margin, mm, you know, it, cr it creates yeah. margin in your schedule. And all of a sudden just becoming, you know, a little more systematized allows yeah. you to be more effective. You know, so I, I, I was on, I was on staff at life church for a while. And, you know, like that, that was like, you know, some of the things that I really took away and really just understood and begun to love because I can care for a lot more people well yeah. in that way. So redeeming the times really good. And, um, what else? Well, Darius Daniels is so important. So Darius Daniels, I, I think is written like a really helpful book. It's, um, gosh, is it called relational intelligence? Relational yeah. intelligence. Yeah. So important. So it's like, it talks about the levels of like, so like you, like every relationship you have, it has levels and, and, and when you relinquish too much, you know, mm, yeah. equity, to someone or you're, or you're spending a little bit too, you know, you're, you're giving someone access to your life that um, not, not that like you are something, you know, someone special, but there's relationships that God puts in your life that, you know, some, some, you know, everything has a time, you know, under the sun, right? So yeah. their, their timing is important. So if, if I want to be a good steward of my time, I need to be a good steward of my relationships as well. And this book just talks about how, you know, there's going to be people that come into your life and, you know, there's going to be times where you're pouring into them. And then there's going to be times that they are pouring into you. Right. And if you're trying to do something that doesn't make sense, you're going to, you're going to waste an opportunity. So I just, I, I really love that book. It's my second time going through it because the first time I, I read it, it was like on like 2.5, like, uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, that's good. Let me go back and like, slow it down. But yeah. like that. And like, I'm, I'm, 
I, I listen to a lot of like Eugene Peterson, um, all that stuff. I'm, yeah. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm still like essentially like in seminary too. So it's like, there's, there's like 40 books I'm reading it. You're time. always reading something. You're always yeah. reading something. Yeah. What? Yeah. Well, Joshua, I'm really um, thankful for you coming on to the happy hour and sharing with your story with us. And it is just a beautiful, beautiful reminder um, that no one is too far gone from the love of God. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. All right, you guys, as you can tell, we are not done celebrating 500 episodes. We just want to celebrate all summer long. If you go back and listen to episode 500, you've heard a surprise from my team with fun comments from listeners and past guests. And so here's another one for you. Hi, team. This is Janine from Washington State. I have to tell you, after the last few years of listening to the happy hour, my mind, my heart, my spirit has grown so much fuller, so much wider to my brothers and sisters of different um, political sides, different racial sides, different things happening in the church that we need to pay attention to. You've had some really hard conversations, some uncomfortable conversations, and those conversations have impacted me in a way that is almost indescribable. Thank you. Thank you for your yes. Thank you for the happy hour. I'm so happy to be a part of the people that get to listen to your ministry. I appreciate you, Jamie. God bless. Janine. Oh my gosh. You guys, if that does not sum up why I do what I do, then I don't know what does. Uh, I'm super honored to have played a part in that transformation in Janine's life and hopefully in some of your lives as well. So thank you for listening and thank you for your kind words. Thank you so much for listening to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to give you, and every opportunity we get to point all of us to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is the number one way that people find out about our show. It's because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that will make us think, they'll make us laugh, and they'll always point us back to Jesus. And come find me other places on the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm over there at Jamie Ivy. And if you've never visited my YouTube page, you're going to want to go there. Have you ever listened to a show and wondered, I wonder what they look like? Well, go find us over there. It's jamieivy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour is produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Graphics are by Amaya Savoy Easton. The show is edited by Angie Elkins. And I'm your host every week, Jamie Ivy. And goodness gracious, I love being here with you guys. Until next time, have a happy hour with a friend.